Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's Amanda Rieger Green. Welcome to Soul Sessions. I am super excited today because I have one of our listeners, Elizabeth from New York. She is here for a reading. She wrote in and asked for some guidance, especially on the next chapter of her life. So we're going to dive into some career, relationship, family, and see what comes through. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I am thrilled you're here. It's a great way to start out the new year with a session. Thank you for being open and inquisitive. Without further ado, are you ready to dive in? I'm so ready. Okay, me too. Let me see what is coming through. One of the first things that they are showing me is that you are so good under pressure. You have always been this way since you were a little girl. It's like, you know, when things are out of control or there's like chaos or lots of stuff going on, you're the person that jumps in, you take charge, you know how to delegate, you know how to figure things out. So you've lived a tremendous amount of your life and your experience with this sense of pressure that you put on yourself. It's almost like if it's not challenging, if there aren't 25,000 moving parts, then I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing it fast enough. But you have a real shift going on in your energy field of, oh my gosh, I don't want it there to be 25 moving parts. I'm really good at organizing and orchestrating and giving instructions and and calling the shots, but oh my gosh, who calls the shots for me? Why do I have to be responsible? And you are extremely responsible. And yes, you're detail-oriented, but it's almost like that feels overwhelming these days. And it's not that you're not accountable and not going to suit up and show up, but there's something shifting in you where it's like, I'm tired. You know, is yes, these skill sets are really a huge part of who I am, but is this really who I am? Is this making sense? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't stop talking because they were like, just showing me you are exceptional. And I know you're not an ER nurse, but you could easily work in an ICU, be an ER nurse, be a dispatcher, because you're really good when things are intense and executing and doing it under pressure. And you've always been that way. You've been a self-starter. You figured things out yourself and you had super loving and nurturing parents, but it was like, I've got this. I mean, you were always the kid that's like, nope, I don't need it. I got 
got it. I got it. I'm going to do it on my own. I mean, like to the point where it was like, okay, we're just going to let her do it. It's her, it's her world and we're living in it. Oh my God. It's so spot on. And even the thing you said about the ER nurse, my mom is always like, you should have been a doctor. You should have been a doctor. <laughs> and if you would have been a doctor, you would have totally been working like 48 hour shifts, you know, not sleeping, working 48 hours, performing surgery and doing 10 other things at once. But what's so funny is you are in this massive personal phase of growth and change. And a lot of it is you stepping back and saying, what do I like? What don't I like? What do I love? What don't I love? And really listening. And you are extremely inquisitive. You love learning. You love to expand your horizons. You love to be thrown into foreign situations and navigate it. I do really well, like when I'm traveling by myself and in the airport and wherever I'm going. And I like that independence. I like not feeling like I'm looking at a map on my phone, like using my intuition and figuring out what to do and also using my street smarts. You're very much like that. Oh, yes. It's kind of funny because they're also laughing because like when I'm in the airport with my husband, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of rude, meaning when I've got somebody with me and they're tagging along and even though it's somebody I love, it's kind of like, come on, keep up. Don't you get this? Keep, keep pace with me. And you're kind of blunt like that and impatient. Yet at the same time, you are really loving and like you, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's like, you don't waste time. You're very efficient. But what is shift? Is this making you laughing? Is making like, it's so spot on. It's crazy. <laughs> and I mean, you're so smart. You really are. You're very intelligent. You're very smart. And one of the things that they're showing me, especially as far as your life path and your meaning, is really trusting your voice. And it's not that you don't trust your voice, but all those insecurities of thing like quirky outside of the box things ideas that you have that very much define you. You are in a phase of wanting to create something that is your own. You've always worked at managing, leading, orchestrating, organizing for another cause, for someone else. I mean, I, were you on the student council? Like I can see you in school, like organizing and like leadership roles and like, I'll take it. I'll do it. I'll be the organizer. I'm the secretary. I've got it. Did, did you have roles like that in school? Not so much in school. I think it came on like later. Yeah. I was a little more creative back then. And then I just, yeah, my logistical brain. Okay. Well, you just said something that made sense why they took me back there. Why I was like, were you like on the student council in school? You just said I was a little more creative back then. So you just spoke with your wisdom and from your soul of what what's being reflected to me is that's what feels like it's depleted right now. While you are wonderful at pragmatic, organizational well-being and well-being of others right now, you're like, my creativity feels like it's at an all-time low. What am I doing for me? And you're wanting to create something that is yours, you know? And yes, it's it's personal, but it's business-wise. And you're like, I don't know what it is, but I want my own business, my own company. My, I want to be in charge of something that is mine and not, you know, the top of the heap of managing everybody else. Does that make sense? It's like I have chills. Last night I was sitting with my coworkers and I was like, I think I've done what I, I have done the last few years and worked so hard and I want control of everything. I want to know I'm capable. We know you're a control freak. And I say that as a term of endearment with love, but you're so tired of being a control freak. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just had to say. No, I fully am. It gives me satisfaction, fulfillment to be like, 
I own this. I, I got it done. Last night I was talking about how I want to make like these little movie shorts uh-huh. and I want to like just kind of decompress and do these little creative projects. Creative projects. So I want something that's my own and I want to be creative doing it and feel creative. And here's the underlying subconscious, unconscious message that's coming from your soul. I want to use my unique voice. I don't want to feel like I am leading and managing and orchestrating, you know, running a production. I want to be using my creativity to impact people. Like there's this element of I want to make a difference. I want to impact people, but I want to share my unique voice and my creativity. And also, you're very intelligent. And your soul is saying, hey, you know that you're smart, but you second guess how intelligent and articulate and creative you are, but nobody would know that about you. And you get social anxiety and nobody else knows that about you. Like there's social anxiety in you sometimes where it's like you know how to meld and fit in and jump in, but usually it's when you take charge. But sometimes you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, it's people out there, you know? And and so there's this energy of sometimes your insecurities and your self-doubt that comes through, but it's like this is a time of saying, no, I am right-sized. I'm comfortable in my own skin and my creative self-expression. I'm unleashing that for greater freedom. Free, you're a freedom seeker. And for as much as organized as you are, freedom is a big thing for you. I have like this warm, overwhelming feeling of like warmness. Everything you're saying is landing. Yeah. It just feels so like happy. I needed to hear this. Yeah. Okay. Well, and this is a big year for you. So as far as, and I want to just talk about work for a minute, and then we're going to talk about relationships. And who is John? Do you know somebody named John? Yeah. Is John a friend or like, who is John? Somebody I was involved with years ago. Okay. Do you still keep in touch with him? No. Okay, for some reason, they keep talking about him, and I don't know what this is about, and you'll have to follow up with me, and you don't have to, like, force anything or do anything weird, but there's either something to reconcile with that, or there's some sort of reconnection there. Uh, How old were you? Like, how old were you when you were in a relationship with him? 30. 30. Okay. Well, they're bringing him back up for some reason, so there's either unfinished business in your heart or okay. your head, or something that either needs clearing or reconciling. Does that, that make sense? Okay. So they're like, they wouldn't just bring it up out of the blue, and they don't usually give me names very clearly, but they keep saying John, John. So I was like, okay, what? who is John? But they're saying some of just old things in that relationship have to do with relationships going forward and what you're available for. So even though I wanted to talk about career, they wanted to talk about relationships. That is so interesting because it's not necessarily that person, John. Yes. But there is a lot of like factors surrounding that time that impacted me. Okay. And that makes, thank you for clarifying that because it's like, sometimes it's like people and places, you know, mark significant chapters in our lives, phases of growth where we fall short or where we're learning lessons that are repeating today that we're patterns that we're breaking. And they're saying some patterns of behavior at that stage in your life are limiting you from finding like your happiness and your love and your partnership and your person now. And you're not doing anything wrong. You're just growing. You're evolving and you're opening yourself up. And you're a mover and a shaker. So finding your person, you need someone who gives you your autonomy to be able to do what you're going to do. And then someone safe you have to come home to. You want safety above all. I said this verbatim last night. 
That's well. That's what they just told me. But it, okay, wait. We have to go back to this because this is kind of amazing the way it came through. So, does this make sense with old stuff that you're letting go of with John that we don't need to broadcast to everyone else? But as far as like in that time, not so much him, but like you said, there are certain behaviors and traits that are keeping you from finding this person that creates stability, security, consistency, and safety, yet gives you your free, beautiful, wild, autonomous self and is your landing pad, your safe space. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then you can work on that, right? Because I know you, you're going to do your homework. You're a homework doer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're a homework doer. Um, Okay. Okay. Good. All right. So that being said, I will tell you this, this year, and don't be upset with me when I say this, this is not Uh your year you find your person. (laughs) Okay. This is not your year that your person appears. It's not time yet because you are, I'm not going to be schmaltzy, but I'm going to be schmaltzy. You're falling in love with yourself. That's kind of, I know you know that. Okay, and like I commit don't to want it. That to end. I want to okay. be so present in it. <laughs> okay, because they were like, she's not going to find love this year. And like, she's falling in love with herself. The fact that you just said, I'm really happy finding me, falling in love with me, you are right on track. That is where you're supposed to be. And I hope people out there take Elizabeth as an example of when it's a season of falling in love with you, saying, I don't want it to end. Because when when you truly commit to yourself, magic happens because it's right place, right time energy. It's your deepest seat of empowerment. And you came in this lifetime to using your voice, experience empowerment. So the fact that you articulated, I don't want this to end. I want to fall in love with myself. That's what this year is about. And and it's it's really you finding and digging deep deeper spiritually, opening up, expanding your consciousness and enjoying your surroundings, but starting to put yourself out there. Let's talk about these film shorts that you want to do. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Let's talk about these film shorts that you want to do. They keep saying, just start doing it on the side for fun with no pressure because you like to apply pressure to yourself. So you are working, you have a job, you're extremely busy. You know, these are things that are very clear. But when you have a little bit of downtime, play with some things, see what you like, and then share it with the people you care about, your circle, your friendships. You have a lot of stuff around your heart, and usually that's grief and pain and uh, loss. And so there's a lot of sadness around your heart that this year and you falling in love with yourself and digging deeper and your healing journey has to do with grieving. And it's literal grief and it's grieving old aspects of yourself. So it's two things. Your father is deceased, correct? Yes. What is his name? Kenneth. Okay, hold on. He um, he's he said, "Isn't she wonderful?" <laughs> like she's he said, "Isn't she wonderful?" And I said, "She is." And I said, "She's really wise." And he said, "She was born that way." He's like, "She was born kind of giving everybody instructions and like <laughs> telling everybody what to do." He said it was really hard to discipline her because she was kind of the one already taking. You didn't need disciplining because you were going to be two steps ahead, and you would have disciplined yourself if you made a mistake. Does that they make sense? They call me bossy baby. Yes, that's what he's saying. He's like, yeah, and it's like he's he's shaking his finger, like showing you, like telling people what to do, and like to, and shaking your finger. And he's like, she's so good at that. But he he's laughing because and, and he's talking about love and love for you and you falling in love with yourself, he's like, she needs to meet her match. Somebody who kind of bosses her around a little bit in a way that she can receive it. And he said, it's going to take a lot for that. It's going to take a lot. But he said, I'm working behind the scenes on that. I've got some pain in my upper abdomen and my stomach. How did he pass away? Oh, wow. I mean, it's like really like it's all stomach and abdomen pain. And it's like burning. It hurts. He had a 20-year struggle with Parkinson's disease and then got Lewy body dementia, which took his life eventually. But at the very end, he stopped talking. It was uh-huh. stomach pain, stomach yes. pain. Yes. I mean, and that's what he's showing me. He's like his stomach. And, um, you know, wow, you, your dad had Parkinson's for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, and he, he, I mean, he's like, well, 
you can tell how strong she is. You know how strong I am. He's saying she's so strong. And he says, you please tell her if I could have hung on, if I could have beaten that disease, I would have been there for her. He says, I'm sorry, I'm gone. And he says, you need to get angry. He says, you've had a hard time being angry that I'm gone because you love me so much and you miss me. And you're also so freaking practical. Like this is life. This stuff happens. I hate this. But he says, you are not honoring your anger. And he says, you get to be angry that I am gone, that this does not feel fair. I mean, you're so spot on. The other day, I have always felt since he passed, like he's very, very much with me. Yeah. So I'm like, I didn't lose him. I have a new relationship with him in the spiritual sense. But a few nights ago, we were all at dinner and everybody's talking about their dad. And for the first time, I got like this pit in my stomach, like, wow, they, they've really had a lifetime with a dad. And my dad got sick when I was nine. So I only knew him sick. And so like, I feel like I, it's for the first time that I really missed out on yeah. an experience with him. And he says he is giving you carte blanche. And your dad was really smart. What did your dad do? He's so smart. And Parkinson's is... Parkinson's is not okay. You know, it is it is an, a gnarly disease. I've seen it in family members and other people, and it really, it's a slow burn sometimes. And you had to watch that slow burn from nine years old, which is a very formative time. So it's almost like it stunted your growth, even though you're extremely mature and all those things. There's a spiritual part of you that feels like your growth was stunted because you were already responsible and you had to become more responsible, more in charge, more in control of things. And that snapped you into being more of an adult responsible human that hello, rather than a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old. And he says, it's okay for you to be mad about that, to just be kind of waking up to, oh my gosh, I loved my dad, but man, this stunted some of my childhood and my childhood wonder. And not that you didn't, I mean, you have a wonderful mother and it was exhausting on your mom and hard on her emotionally. And you knew that empathically because you are very empathic and energetically sensitive. So you were like, I'm just going to do better. I'm going to button up. I'm not going to tell her when I'm hurting. So you shut down a lot of your emotional intelligence out of this. I'm mature. I've got this. I've got this all pulled together. I don't want to be a burden on anybody. We've already got this going on. And your dad is saying, you are just realizing all of this. And it's not about being mad at him or your mom, but he says, you need to get mad. You got to get this anger out. So it's almost like you falling in love with yourself and saying, I'm ready for it. I don't want it to end. It's like going back to nine years old and starting to be creative and funny and, you know, embracing your childlike wonder, being a little rambunctious and rebellious. Is this making sense? Your dad is so, so direct on you unleashing the beast like he's like unleash the beast <laughs> like okay he's funny you are like reciting my inner monologue it's absolutely insane he loves you so much and he says I'm sorry I'm not there and he says I know it was hard and he said it was hard on me and my body and he said and I was angry and I did my best to not show it you know because he said it was just hard but he says, first of all, I'm okay. I know you have that connection with me spiritually and you talk to me all the time. And he's talking about butterflies and he's saying, like, does he show up in butterflies sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. He's everywhere. That's yeah. He's crazy. like, that's what he said. He says, tell her it's me. It's the butterflies. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. I show up in the butterflies and he says, it's me. And he says, I love 
that we have this spiritual connection. He says, I'm over here to give you this opportunity right now to go back from, you know, eight or nine years old on and start, you know, kind of reclaiming, redefining that time. And let me tell you something I know about time travel. That's what I'm going to call it, is we can travel back to certain points in time and our memory. And sometimes they're painful, traumatic times, and sometimes they're beautiful, nostalgic memories. But we can go back and talk to ourselves and say, hey, hey, you, guess what's going on with you right now? You're, you know, going back to when you're like 12 years old, and they keep taking me back to about when you're 12, because, you know, you're just extremely independent and figuring things out on your own. Hey, yes, you're so strong, but you can ask for help. You can break down today. You don't have to work so hard. You don't have to conceal this from your mom. You can be loved and nurtured. And and like telling that version, that younger version of you, those things, and like loving on her and saying, hey, girl, I got you. Come on. I need you to jump in with me today. So we are fun and we're more playful. Does that resonate the way they're having me communicate that to you? So much so. When I found out my dad was sick, like I wasn't familiar with Parkinson's. but Of course not. You're nine years old. Yeah. Michael J. Fox had just come out at Mm -hmm. the time publicly that he had it. So I used to go to this little like current events club where I'd go to school early and we'd read the newspaper and discuss different topics. Of course you did. You want to know the funny part? My best friend and I only signed up for it so we could get a bagel before school. (laughs) So your ingenuity, which hello, like ingenuity, but also you love to learn. Like that we already said, you're a life learner and a seeker. So if you're learning and assimilating knowledge, that's kind of fun for you. That's your creativity and joy. Okay, go ahead. So basically the Parkinson's, I recognized it. And I remember asking that teacher, I said, do you die from Parkinson's disease? And she said, absolutely, like almost right away. And I'll never forget, I went to- And the you bathroom. were nine? No, I was I was probably 12. Like, All right, that's why they're saying it. it's very fundamental. Yeah, and I went into the stall and I sat there and I think that was my first shutdown ever. And from that point on, I kind of pushed my dad away. I was like, my parents are hiding this from me, but I'm going to lose him. So like, I'm going to distance him before, so I don't have to deal with the pain. And I think from that point on, I stopped being a child and feeling free. Thank you for sharing that. And I knew that 12 years old around that time was poignant and was like a drastic shift in shutting down your freedom and your creativity and your self-expression because it was like, time is money. You know, and that's one thing you're unbreaking. Your dad is laughing so hard right now because he says that's one of your soul's points of evolution is, yes, time is money. You're not a time waster. You're effective, but also knowing that you have an abundance of time. Time is expansive. Money and resources will come. So it's moving out of financial fear, taking financial risk, you know, putting money in a creative endeavor, you know, like these shorts and things and knowing it's going to pan out or somebody's going to support you in it. Those kinds of things, he says, but go back to 12 and what we just talked about and that conversation. And, you know, that teacher didn't even have her filter, you know, but it was such a divine setup. And then it shut off some of your energy field. And I want you to think about this, and this will be really helpful in your journey this year and your healing. So in the, the chakras, you know, the energy systems in the body, 
they develop at about kind of seven years at a time-ish. So the root chakra from zero to age seven, the sacral chakra from seven to about 14, and the sacral chakra is your creative self-expression, your passion, your desire, your sensuality, your intimacy and sexuality. And all of that stuff was thwarted, halted. It's almost like it went from learning to go in this swirling clockwise position to being halted and then it's turned counterclockwise. So it's almost like you're turning around this ship because this is going to help you in intimacy and love and allowing someone to love on you and trusting someone enough to hold space for you personally and intimately. This is about so many things. So time travel back there, love on that girl, and also talk to that teacher. You know, say, hey, I know you didn't mean to say something, but you changed the course of my life. That's Thank where the anger comes in. Yes. And she's, and that's why that your dad is like, tell her how to time travel. Because I've had to do, my dad died when I was 18 and I watched him die and I have time traveled to that point and all the things. So I, you know, we're in the club of, you know, yeah. losing a dad at a young age, but my dad, you know, I had him for 18 years and he wasn't sick, but I've time traveled back to that space, but talk to that teacher, go back, you know, and say what you need to say, say all of your frustrating stuff. And then at some point you're going to get to go back and say, thank you. You know, your honor, what she gave you and the divine setup. And that's what this year is about following those breadcrumbs. That's beautiful. And it resonates like more than, you know, he says, I love you so much. And he says he remembers you just holding his hand, sitting next to him and holding his hand, steadying his hand, most likely because of the Parkinson's, yes. but holding his hand. And he's like, he says, you are a stabilizer. And you know that about you. You make other people feel comfortable. And by the way, let me just share something with you before we got on this call. I was like, oh, I should tell Elizabeth this. I should tell Elizabeth this, like personal things about myself. And I was laughing. I was like, why do I want to talk to her about myself? You have the gift of putting people at ease. People just share stuff with you without you asking. I was like, oh, yeah, I just want to sit down and like talk to Elizabeth about my struggles. I mean, I really thought that about you before we got on the call and your dad is smiling because you are very wise and you hold space for people. But this is a year of you holding space for yourself, allowing other people to hold space for you. But does that make sense about you holding his hand and steadying his hand? Yes. And my dad and I used to do this thing like my mom and I, we would always laugh because I, my dad and I had the same thumb. It looks exactly alike. So in church, we'd be holding hands and then like we would, we would put our thumbs next to each other and like laugh. But also the thing about putting people at ease, everything you're saying, I had this conversation last night and I told someone the motto that like how I, I lead my life in every day is be so much yourself that others feel comfortable to be themselves too. What an amazing motto. I mean, that no wonder I was like, gosh, I kind of want to like hang out with Elizabeth because I feel like she's going to give me some good wisdom and advice. <laughs> it's funny. We have an Elizabeth who connected us. So the name Elizabeth and my sister's name is Elizabeth, yeah. you know, and names are very powerful. I want you to search the origin and the meaning of your name. That is so crazy. I was on the phone with my mom yesterday and she's uh -huh. like, do you know, I love your name so much. And she's like, and I have two sisters that are older than me. Uh -huh. And she's like, I wanted to name Jill Elizabeth, but Papa, my dad. Your dad wanted you to be named Elizabeth. 
And she was like, I think that it was predestined and that in 87, you were coming and you are meant to be Elizabeth. And I said, what if I was Elizabeth in all my lifetimes? I think you were because what's funny is Elizabeth connected us. Your name is Elizabeth. And I yesterday I was on the phone with my sister and her name is Elizabeth. She goes by Mimi, but her name is Elizabeth. But I was like, gosh, Elizabeth, you know, I was like, Elizabeth is coming up, Elizabeth. And I was thinking about your name, but I want you to Google the origin of your name because our names have meaning. And of course, it does, you know, Elizabethan times and all those things. There's a lot of connection in that area with your name and the origins of your name. It's like Anglo-Saxon, your name is. But look it up because it has a meaning and I don't remember it, but it's part of your story, your destiny. And funny thing that you and I have in common is my dad named me and they were going to name me Leslie, Leslie with a Z. Yeah. <laughs> and with this raspy voice, maybe Leslie with a Z. Um, they were going to name me Leslie. And my, like when I was born, my dad said, can we name her Amanda? And then the first thing my mom said was, well, who did you date that was named Amanda? Oh, my God. And she, he was like, no, I just love that song Mandy by Barry Manilow. And anyway, he's like, well, you know, we're, we, they named me Amanda. But he named me and was insistent on it just like your dad. And I think that's pretty amazing. Do you amazing. go by Mandy? No, very much like you and very bossy, which you'll get a kick out of this. When I was um, six years old, we moved around a lot. And so I, I was in first grade. And I came back from my first day of school and I announced to my, they had called me Mandy up until then, Mandy with an I. So Leslie with a Z, Mandy with an I, go figure. But (laughs) anyway, I came back from first grade and I said, by the way, I introduced myself as Amanda today in school. I'm going by Amanda now. And that's, that was the end of that. that. So family, close family, a few people in my family call me Mandy, but Amanda. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Is there anything else you want to know about? I mean, as far as career goes, start working on these shorts, play with it, do it without pressure, utilize your creativity because doors will open and you have wonderful networks and connections that this is going to unfold into something. It's almost like you own a production company or like something with these creative shorts. Like you want a production company. Does that res? I mean, like that's what you yeah. want. And they're saying it's coming. I mean, it's not just going to boom blossom this year, but this year and next year are empowered money-making, very individualistic. So career changes are coming. But right now, this is about you being creative and having fun and doing it as just a fun side thing because it will be fine-tuned and get clearer and clearer as the year goes on. Love it. Okay. It resonates so much. I have a very quirky sense of humor and Mm -hmm. personality and like it's very unusual and I'm just like I have to hone in on that because Mm -hmm. it's a whole character in itself and so my friends and I were playing with like who this is who this person is and do we keep it exactly to who you are or do we change it okay I tell you this what you just said again back to your wisdom you have a quirky different unique point of view and the fear of being criticized. You're talking to a Libra over here. I know you're a Virgo. You know, yes. I got a lot of Virgo in me. We don't want to be criticized. And we got that perfectionist mentality. But also you have a lot of compassion. So that's that sensitivity of, you know, I don't want to make anybody upset. Or I don't want to, you know, it's like, no, I've already worked so hard on this. So don't, it's really about, hey, this is, am I enjoying this? Am I expressing myself wholly and wholeheartedly and having fun. And does it mean something to me? Then I'm going to put it out there. And if somebody doesn't like it, they're not in my tribe. And that's okay because it takes different folks, you know, different strokes, different folks. So not caring about what other people think about you as much is one of the things that you know you're learning. And this is an opportunity to kind of develop a different kind of resiliency through that and have fun. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And as far as relationships go, like, it's not time yet because you are falling in love with you. So keep on that path. I mean, I do think I think you're going to meet someone next year, but you're going to be ready to and there's going to be something where it's like you wake up one day, you know, and it may be around the holidays next year. And you're like, gosh, I'm in a good place. Like, I want somebody to do this with. And like, when you know, you'll know, and then you'll start you'll have it's like it will be time. So just trust that magic, the magic of that timing. What were you going to ask me? It's interesting because so many of my friends are married and have kids. And all I have ever wanted is to have a family and and children. And I never imagined this time for myself. But I'm in this period where anything is still possible. 
Yeah. And the idea of like, you know, this this last two thirds of our lives are dealing with kids, spouses, aging parents, you know, all your responsibilities. Yes. This time is so for me. And it's like that window is closing and I just want it to be everything it can be. Yeah. So and I'm really you're embracing it. it. You just said I'm embracing it. You're embracing it in a beautiful way. And I think it's an exceptional example to a lot of other people out there. And especially in this year that it is a year of finding our personal power, reclaiming it. So much of it is in relationship with ourselves. So what you're doing is an example to other people. And I think a real testament to you trusting your intuition. Oh, gosh, this time is about me, even though on a linear or in all practical terms, I'm running out of time and my age and my biological clock, all the things, the urgency that we create. You're like, no, this is about me right now. And those things will come. I don't need to be in that fear. I need to be present. I think that's very yeah. wise. This investment in myself is only going to allow me a, a deeper relationship when the time does. To come. Absolutely. Because you're going to trust better, deeper, know yourself better. All of that is true. And part of my experience, too. It's like when I chose to like like myself again and then start to fall in love with myself, that's when I started being the expression of love and you know, my partner, my husband showed up in my life as if by magic. I wasn't looking. It just, it's all divinely synchronized. Is there anything else you want to know that we didn't talk about or? I don't know if you can see this, but speaking of children, not that the time is now, is that in my? There's two of them. (laughs) There's two of them. They're just, I'm like putting up two fingers. There's two of them. It's funny when you meet your person, it's not a long dating courtship situation. It's pretty much like a couple of months in, you, you already are like, oh my gosh, I love you. Oh my gosh, like, I, well, I love you. It's one of those things that when you meet your person, both of you know, and you're both mature enough because you're in that point of attraction where you've both done the work, you're both pretty mature, you both know what you want, and it's not about playing games. It's no nonsense and straightforward, which you appreciate that anyway, but that's who shows up. And it's like, okay, and then we're going to figure out wedding and marriage plans and we're going to get all this orchestrated. I mean, it's like you meet and almost get married within a year. You meet, date, get engaged, get married, and then family starts. It's very sequential, not just long drawn out and back and forth. You're just going to know. And that person will know too. It's just going to make sense. So all of that is coming. But right now it's about you. So, yeah, two children. Two, they're two spirits. I love, that. Uh-huh. I love that. Your dad loves you. He just said, I love you. He said, please tell her. I, he said, I know she knows I love her. And he says, I know how much she misses me and figuring out life without me and especially without the element of caregiving for me and that dynamic with your mother and your sisters and him. It's been a journey and a process, so you're re-individuating yourself, reclaiming yourself, hence you going back to 12 years old. He's like, that's where you go back, so you start rebuilding, redefining, forging this new path forward so you feel whole again today. And that, if anything, out of this whole call is what you've been looking for these past, since your dad died, is this sense of wholeness, feeling one again versus all of these kind of personalities or compartmentalized roles of yourself, feeling like, who am I in my own skin today? And he says, you're right on track. 
I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a gift. Yeah. This he's really incredible. sweet. It was lovely to connect with you. And I love, like yeah. I said, I like, we'll have to connect and talk because for some no, reason I, I was like, I think we need to be friends. I know, we, we do. Friends. I mean, I literally was putting my makeup on this morning and I was like, gosh, I should tell Elizabeth about this. And I'm like, where's my, like, I wasn't even thinking about us hopping on the call, but I was thinking about you and I was like, oh yeah, I should just tell her that. I mean, this was like personal stuff. I was like, wow, because I was tapping me into your energy field of this comfort level. So yeah, we'll have to stay connected. I love this. This has been truly, thank you. This is such a gift. I, I am very cautious of like opening my energy in these ways because I know that it can be draining and yeah. it is such a match, I feel. And and it's just like you validating my inner monologue. And I love all that. The things that I deeply know, but I can't verbalize or grasp for myself. Well, thank you for that. And usually, you know, and this is to everyone, when I, the thing I know about my gift and the development of it is, and and this is kind of my tagline is astounding people with their innate abilities. But so much of what I'm able to do is to communicate all the inner stuff from the inside of you that you know deep down in a way that resonates with and articulates exactly the essence of who you are and we all it's like we wear a mask in the world we wear a mask you know in our intimate and family relationships and then there's a whole other personality inside us and then that's it's like kind of marrying all of those versions so the true essence of you is shown is revealed in the healthiest most dynamic and individual way Thank you all for joining us today and spending your time. I encourage you all, if you haven't listened to the earlier podcast in January, to go back and have a listen because January is such an imperative month for building a solid foundation and clearing away anything that is limiting you from following your dreams, designing your path forward because February is a month where it's going to feel revitalized and fresh and you want to be able to use that from a place of your truth. Take care. Be well. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.